The danger comes from people who refuse to recognize that there are dark sides of human nature that cannot be wished away by attributing them to the modern ills of culture, poverty, pathology, or exposure to media violence. The danger comes from failing to gaze into the mirror and come to grips with the capacity for evil in all of us. Welcome to episode 18 of Sandwich Wingman. I'm Rob Hanna, here with Ryan Morrison. How are you today, Ryan? I'm well. I'm glad we're not doing chocolate today, so we can, so the evil we talk about will be only theoretical, I hope. I also hope so as well. I uh, I feel like our ingredient this week does not necessarily have the capacity for evil, like apparently all humans do. Well, maybe it would be dangerous for us, dangerous for us to assume that, Rob. Maybe, <laughs> maybe pesto can be used for ill. Well, I will say that maybe I may have removed the evil ingredient from my pesto this week. I'll leave that as a teaser. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> this week, we have covered uh, our sandwiches with pesto. We have. Um, and I think we're going to do a couple essays. Yep. From a book called, What is Your Dangerous Idea? Um, this organization of thinkers calling themselves Edge. Uh, they have a question every year and a bunch of them try to answer it with some short essays and a couple of them piqued our interest. Yes, and, and uh, yeah, and I, this particular one um, was on evil. And we'll, we'll get to that later. Um <laughs> All right, so that, my sandwich. That, yes, your sandwich. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, so pesto was interesting. I ended up making a sandwich with a uh, a fair bit of pesto because I put it on both halves of okay. uh, of uh, sandwich flats, and I did it with uh, popcorn, shrimp, tomato, and walnuts. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Popcorn, shrimp. Yeah. Nice and nice and easy. How about yeah. you? This week I made a pesto sandwich with smoked turkey um, with mozzarella and tomato. Uh, but my pesto um, was was homemade. Oh, intense! Yes, it was a little bit more intense. It took a ding on the uh, on the ease of assembly metric. Um, so, but for you, you want to uh, kind of run us through the gamut? Yeah, sure. Um, so, nothing too crazy. You had to heat up the, the popcorn shrimp. Uh, pesto on both sides of the sandwich flats. What I found worked is if I... Um, so, I crushed up the walnuts. Yes. And I, I kind of just pressed them into the, the top. I used just enough uh, pesto on the top to make the crushed walnuts stick. Got it. Um and the popcorn shrimp stuck to the the bottom, thanks to the pesto, and just sliced up some tomato. Excellent. In between, it was uh, not not too not too difficult. Um, so I gave it with a, a three ease of assembly. Nutrition wise, fairly terrible. So I went two. <laughs> it tasted fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how these things seem to go. Um, so it was a taste score of nine. 
Um, Integrity-wise, it stayed together surprisingly well. But I made two of these sandwiches. The first time I did not think to... The first time I put the walnuts right on the bottom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I didn't have the advantage of uh, the shrimp sticking to anything. It did not work out so well. But putting those on different sides first and then putting it together worked out very well. So Integrity 4, nice like consistency, bite to bite. Uh, conversation piece worked out pretty well, so I went four. And experience-wise, it really was just very good. Um, having the walnuts in there made a really big difference. So I went experience five. So, wow! And at twenty-seven. That's that's a that's a solid sandwich. Would you make it, it again? I would. Yeah. And I you would. did. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know. I I've take I've taken a page from you. Um, it wasn't quite you know double entree. These these sandwich flats are maybe like a little bit bigger than a um, an English muffin, so it's not like they were huge, but it ended up being good that I made them one at a time instead of at the same time. So anyway, cool. tell us more. You made well, you made pesto. Yes, yeah, so this is the this is the interesting part here. So you, you know, I, th- I think we've learned here through uh, seventeen episodes now how much I don't like uh, using uh, things like mayonnaise and other stuff that's kind of oily. So yeah. I wanted to really make... really any condiment. Yes, it, yeah. pretty much anything, right? And I decided that I wanted to make and see if it was possible to make an oil-free pesto. Okay. So this is interesting. So a, a little research online yielded uh, some recipes, and the um, here the substitution was instead of using oil, you use avocado okay. to add to add the fattiness, I guess, to it. Right. So this was uh, if you if we deconstruct the pesto, what was in there? Uh, it was avocado, kind of scooped out of the avocado, pine nuts, just just bought out of a bag, oh, nice. um, uh, garlic. Uh, chopped up a little bit, uh, sea salt, and then also to add a little texture, I guess, uh, white northern beans. Um, I did did not know such a thing existed. And lots of fresh pesto leaves. Um, So uh, we found a plant at the store, so that was cool. There's a, wait, pesto is an actual plant? uh, Yes, yes, it, it, uh, you can plant, uh, yes, 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 it is. And you, and and each of the leaves are the pesto leaves, and then you just, so you just kind of pick them off, and you uh, we uh, you know uh, they all ended up inside of a blender, and uh, so you got all the ingredients together, and then pesto yep. changeo, pesto changeo, oil free pesto. All right. So um, so I would say that was not that easy to assemble. So that uh, gets a two out of five. Um, you know, you slice the tomato, slice the cheese. That that's not a problem at all. But. Um, Everything was from scratch, but mozzarella is not that great. Probably kind of fatty, I assume. Um, so was the avocado, but avocado isn't really that bad, right? Isn't that the kind of the good fat? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I gave this a middle of the road, three out of five. Now for taste here, um, thought, I thought it tasted quite good. In fact, all the flavors worked so well together, I couldn't necessarily identify one flavor over another. Um, the, the word that came to mind is it tasted Italian. Okay. So, yeah, just like, you know, the, the pesto... With the uh, tomato and the basil, I'm sorry, and the uh, uh, mozzarella all together just tasted like you would have like an Italian pasta or something. So, um, 
So what, I mean, what did the sandwich look like? Um, I spread um, the pesto on each side of, of uh, you know, kind of a hearty piece of bread, uh, or, you know, hearty loaf. Um, and then I uh, put the uh, turkey on top and the uh, tomato on top of that, and then the mozzarella on top of that. And then both sides had pesto spread, so I put them together like that. So, nice. uh, so pesto... Turkey, tomato, cheese, and pesto, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was good. Um, and uh, the pesto tasted like pesto, even though it didn't have the oil. Um, I could taste a nice, fresh, crisp tomato that I had cut, so that kind of popped out a little bit. But otherwise, all the flavors worked very well together, and nothing really stuck out. It had good amplitude, maybe, um, mm. to, to make a callback. Uh, now the integrity was not great here. Uh, it was it was a very wonderful piece of bread that I had used, um, like a a rustic panna bread, I guess, but, um, it ended up being just too tough to the bite, even though, um, we, we got it fresh. So, um, that was different. That made it very difficult, very low integrity, two out of five. Um, I often had to use, uh, what I quoted here as the tear off method where I kind of had to bite hard and kind of tear off a piece. Um, and, uh, but I thought the homemade pesto made this a good, Oh, so that gets two out of five for that. Uh, the conversation piece I thought was quite, this is quite interesting to home make it, especially without uh, oil and with avocado and northern beans, right? So that's yeah, what, that was, what are white northern beans? Uh, are you familiar with cannellini beans? Yeah. So these are these are just another bean in the white family. They're maybe a, I'm not sure if they're necessarily bigger, oh. but they're essentially just to me they, they they remind me of cannellini beans. They have virtually the same kind of size and texture. Um, I'm not sure the specifics of it. That's a good question. Um, I wonder what makes them northern. That's a good question, right? Why they, why aren't they just white beans? It's like the the winter is coming bean. <laughs> yeah, aren't they called the White Walkers? But that's white, like W I G H T. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh. read that. I haven't read that stuff. Okay. Yep. Um, so this is white W H I T E. Sorry, but yeah. from Game of Thrones, I think it's. Uh, there's something to do with white. Um, and, um, and then, uh, for experience, oh, so five out of five for conversation piece and experience. Uh, the overall experience was, uh, diminished for me because of the bread, not because the bread was bad, but because it, yeah. it needed less bread. Yeah. So three out, three out of five, uh, for that. So overall a 23, not, not a, you know, a solid showing, but not a great showing. Uh, but I'm okay with that. It was a, it was a toolsy sandwich. Yes, yes, and I would say that I would, I would, I would like to make pesto again. I and, and we have more, um, so um, yeah. I, I uh, you know, that was great, and I love to know that I can make all of these dishes. And thanks to you know someone's uh, uh, you know recipe on the internet, that you can actually uh, taste just as good as the original without all the bad things. So, and yet it was inter- internet recipes that that. Uh... Uh, got things so awry on our on our chocolate episode. Oh yeah, the chocolate and cheese. So there's so there's a capacity for evil, but there's also a capacity for good. For good, yeah. Uh, so I would say this this week for us wasn't bad, right? I mean, I, I would make my sandwich again too. So yeah, um, that was a, it was a good ingredient. Uh, that's, that's math I can do in my head. We got a combined score of fifty. That's right. It's pretty good. Yeah, took us a while to get there. Yeah, but we're, we're we're starting to. I'm starting to take uh, fewer risks, and 
you are consistently delivering. <laughs> well, I don't know. I had a I had a pretty pretty bad string there for these last two. I think. Yeah, but you're really you're really into the 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 frozen stuff, huh? Like the already pre-made. Uh, yes. like shrimps and 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 uh, breaded fishes, right? And they're great because they're really nicely seasoned, usually, right? So, well, oh um, well, yeah, I hadn't really thought about the seasoning. I should probably pay attention to that. Well, but I I do like easy. Easy is good, and that's what this is about. It's most it's a little bit about that. I I have gone a little bit more challenging with the make my own well, pesto, gotta, but now I have. Well, you got to hit it where it's pitched. You got to wrote right. the idea. I know. I was and I was pleased. My my Cuisinart was was less so, but I was pleased. So. Yeah, so long as we're not we're not doing fish on the foreman again. Oh yeah, I could put fish in the Cuisinart. Um, what what is a Cuisinart? Oh, is like that a, a brand, like a food processor. That's a brand. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. For Sorry. a second, for a second, I worried it was a uh, like a crock pot. Oh, like a kitchen, like uh, yeah, I get what you mean, like a uh, a kitchen staple, a kitchen. Um, Vessel, something. Um, yeah, a cooking device. It is, but it's a brand, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so, uh, good week. So, uh, maybe on to some of these uh, ideas on the edge. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, we kind of pulled out maybe two of these. Let's That's right. Vaguely related. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of think we go with the second one first. Fair enough. Okay. All right, let's... Uh, roll with that this is an essay called um why i hope the standard model is wrong about why there is more matter than antimatter love it and uh he's he's worried basically that um we could make a a, a bomb much more powerful than a nuclear bomb okay um that you could um convert up to 100 kilograms of ordinary matter into pure energy via the process he's worried about mm-hmm. using a device that could fit inside the trunk of a car. Oh, boy. A device that could be manufactured in a small factory. Oh, man. So it would maybe less easy uh, to regulate on the front end, and then... Easy to transport. Yeah, still easy enough. Yeah. Um... A 1,000 megaton nuclear bomb. Similar. That's huge. Yeah. Um, what, what it led me to think about was, I mean, is that we have that destructive power already. Right. We have nuclear bombs. That's right. And yet, um, only, only two nuclear bombs have gone off as weapons. Right? That's right. And uh, there have been a lot of nuclear bombs. Perhaps enough. And that wasn't like, you know, bomb all of the Earth like four times over? Yes. 14 like times over or something? Yeah, apparently. Whatever the stockpile is is the word, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 But they didn't go off. Why didn't they go off? Why? Like, it's like, um, I don't know. It, there's You get so many chances out there. It's been like... 70 years right and um i don't know it just seems like random chance would have like is there is there a special reason why they definitely would not have gone off again 
That's you mean why why no one would have like used them again? Yeah. So like um so I think a very long time ago mm-hmm. I I put to you this question. Um uh use the Weeks Bridge as an example. Weeks Bridge okay. is a small footbridge over over the Charles River. Mm-hmm. Um, in Cambridge. Yep. In Cambridge. And uh in Brighton, I guess. In Brighton, yeah. Um yeah. Or Alston. I don't know. It might be Brighton. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's the good radio. So I, was, I was figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's owned by Harvard probably. Probably. Put it that, put it that way. Um, but I, I think what I put to you was, um, you know, like physically it was possible for me to jump off that bridge. Oh yes. I remember this question. Yes. And it's not even something I'd be like afraid to do. It's just, I'd kind of have no reason to do it and it would be a huge hassle. Right. Um, being all wet after. Plus then, you know, you'd have to swim over the side. That's a hassle. But then you actually have to get out of the river, and it's kind of disgusting at the edge of the river. Yep. I don't really want to mess with that. Yep, it's all just gross all around. Yep. Yeah, but these are minor details, really. The point is, I could jump off the bridge physically. Mm-hmm. But the question I put to you was, is it is it still really true to say that I could have done that if there really was like a 0% chance that I would do that? Right. Like, at some point, does... Does would not like bleed into could not? I yeah, it's it's a question I don't believe we've, we've actually resolved with each other. But I, it, it does say something about language, well, right? Like yeah, uh, the ability, the capacity to do something versus like you're, you're, the analogy I think you're making here, Ryan, is to the bombs never being actually used, even though they could be used. Yeah. And to, is that to the point where we might actually be able to say that they couldn't have been used? Hmm. Because the probability was zero. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether the probability was zero or not, but the data they, the data is coming back to us, and it right. seems you know it's starting to point in that direction. I think. I mean, time is limitless, so mm-hmm. seventy years maybe doesn't tell us a whole lot. But they have definitely have not been used. Yeah. Since then. Not not in anger, not as not as a weapon. I guess is the right way to. That's right. Um. And is your question whether or not we can still say that they could be used? Well, just kind of thinking of this guy's point about these these other kinds of like antimatter bombs. Oh right, right. It's like would we actually ever use it? Could we actually use it? Like yeah, would, would... and like if if that is a thing with respect to the nuclear bombs, mm-hmm. is it a thing in a way that would also extend to these, or is there or is it an exception? It's a good point. I don't know. You know what 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 comes to mind is like whether or not it's even less possible that we would use these antimatter weapons because if it would actually destroy everything, then it kind of loses the its well power, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, like, destroys existence. I think it's just, like, a very large nuclear bomb. But, I mean, like, if you drop a... A, a 1,000 megaton nuclear bomb? Right. W- w- 
wouldn't that cover a lot of area if not the whole earth oh i don't know do we have those do we have bombs that could destroy the whole earth no we we just we we have even the nuclear bombs if we set them up wait but do, well no, no i thought the nuclear bombs is enough to bomb the world four times over so isn't that the point yeah but i think i think that's if you like you use them all right and like drop them all over the world Right, right. Not like if you detonated all of them in one place. Oh, good point. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have a good answer here. I, I should know, mm. given my background but oh. um, in physics. But <laughs> but you weren't uh, you weren't focused on the human capacity for evil at that time. I, I for sure was not. You were was, focused uh, on the human capacity for good. That's right. That's Highly right. focused. Pro- probably, yeah. Probably to a fault, but yes, yeah. Well, I, I guess before we maybe go straight to the group psychology of something like this, mm-hmm. I should say it's not like I have any any grasp at all on how the science in this would work. Um, but uh, he writes here in this, and this is kind of a short essay. Uh, the standard model says that there is a way to convert all the mass of ordinary matter into energy. For example... It is in principle possible to convert the proton and electron, making up a hydrogen atom, entirely into energy. Particle physicists have long known about this possibility, but have considered it forever irrelevant to human technology because the energy required to convert matter into pure energy via this process is at the very limit of our most powerful accelerators. A trillion electron volts. Wow. Yes. That's, that, that's a lot, it sounds like. It, it does sound like a lot, all of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is this is kind of gets back to the evil question, right? Because we're always we're always going to have more. We're always going to be able to do more damage than we used to be able to do, right? You would think that seems know. like that. It seems like it's inevitable given uh, um, how the universe. Is expanding and energy is dissipating. Um, do you find this? Do you find that to be a dangerous idea? That we could eventually start doing these types of conversions and make really nasty weapons. Yeah. I don't think of it as dangerous. Maybe it comes back to your first point, which is that, like I'm not sure whether we actually would do this if we could. Hmm. Or rather, we. Yeah. The wood could. Well, it's difference. also like something that you and I can't do anything about, right? Right. Same with yes, which is the reason why a lot of us don't think a lot about the dangers of nuclear weapons and stuff because we wouldn't be yeah. able to do much in response to that. I'm glad that somebody is. Yeah, that's exactly that guy, right? I mean, think back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? I mean, like, there were a couple people who were thinking a lot. I mean, everybody was pretty scared, but there were a couple people who were actually making the decisions and, and playing the plays and doing the game theory out. Yeah, that. Would have been a difficult room to be in, imagine. Anyway, alright, well, so there could be more, like, literal danger on the horizon, I guess, of a large scope. Maybe that's dangerous, I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, I gotta say that was the most interesting, interesting thing we've ever done on this podcast. It, it it absolutely was that 
<laughs> so, on to our other essay. This is the one that that, uh, that you read I, from. Yeah, it's by David Buss. Yeah. Bus. I'm going to go with Buss. I'm going to go with Buss. B-U-S-S. Um, the Evolution of Evil is the name of the short piece. And I think we ought to introduce who David Buss is. Yes, please do. He is a psychologist at the University of Texas, Austin. Mm-hmm. And he is the author of The Murderer Next Door. Why the Mind is Designed to Kill. It's a very provocative title. Yeah. Might might it might have been designed to sell a few copies of It could have been. The words therein. I, it really begs me to read the first sentences of his essay now, given the fact that we've just read the title of his... Um, just, like, out of context and give it a roll? Well, I, no, right, well, I, I want to read the first section now, right? Because this, oh. is, this is how he introduces his... his All right, well, his... May I, maybe I'll just first say then that... Yeah, uh, please, yes. I think uh, David Buss has disproven the rule. You can't judge a book by its cover, because pretty sure what i know that i know what's in that book that's right um when when most people (laughs) when most people he he writes when most people think of torturers stalkers robbers rapists and murderers they they imagine crazed drooling monsters with maniacal charles manson like eyes the calm normal looking image staring back at you from the bathroom mirror reflects a true representation I think there he's speaking to you and not to me, but... Oh, okay, well, right, well, that, I, well that's nice, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, my dangerous idea is that all of us contain within our large brains adaptations whose functions are to commit despicable atrocities against our fellow humans. Atrocities that most would label evil. Mm. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, you, we, 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 we could talk about the nature of this particular idea, or like, you know, the pros and cons of it, or like the, the, the validity or legitimacy of it. I would say that the, the writing there really does make me want to read more. Yeah, okay. Because, maybe it comes back to your point, Ryan, that you've made many times, maybe not necessarily on the air, about the fact that the fact that he said he's talking about you or me makes this reading very compelling. He's like, whoa, you have within you the, the capacity to do this. And you're like, what? Yeah. What? I'm sorry. Um, I, I, if I read this, I'll learn more about myself. Exactly. Right. And as we know, our most favorite subject yes. is ourselves. Right. Not just us, but us all. Well, any of us ourselves. Yeah, how <laughs> would you say that? Uh, Every individual's favorite subject is yes. him or herself. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Temp- yeah. I think that probably is true. Yeah. Yeah. So how does like that it. make There's you also feel? like a pop science-y thing, which is, you know, enticing, I guess. What do you mean? Maybe not as much as my sandwich this week, but... Um, that like, uh, oh, you can learn something that has the... the the, the stamp on it of science, so it must be true. And yet, ah, yes. And yet it will change your mind about something, and you will be able to digest it quickly and easily. <laughs> That's a... Uh, yeah, but... I don't know. 
There's something kind of sexy about that, I guess. But I agree with that. Um, I think that's the word for it. In fact, I think he mentions that a lot of the reasons why people commit evil is for sex. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe it's also for pop science. Ooh. I mean, a lot of people kill for pop science? Yeah, why not? <laughs> that could be my pop science dangerous idea. Wow. Yeah, we're just on a roll today. Well, it's okay. Because we're, we're, we're dealing with... Um, I, I, I think as we had said before we went on air, some of these essays, just the title themselves and some of the quotes from them are like the nuggets themselves. Right? They just like are pithy and... You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, what else can we say here about evil? I mean, other than talking about our previous uh, chocolate sandwiches. Yeah. Well, I mean, are they really despicable atrocities if they're things that we should expect that everyone can do? Ah. Well, that... well, well, well. This might come back to stuff we've also discussed. Like we still have discussed, and uh, in response, we have discussed. We are disgusted in response to these things like this. We are um, horrified. Despite the fact that we know are that they we? are, well, I mean, I think I think by their nature these things are horrifying. I mean, there was there was something that happened here in Boston that I did find horrifying. I agree. Same here. I but, did. But but you know, just being honest, you know, you hear a lot of stuff that is that can fairly be distra- described as despicable or an atrocity or both. That's right. That's right. It doesn't doesn't really. Um, I don't know. My heart rate doesn't really go up. You know what I mean? I, I just. I don't well, know. some of that's what people say. Is, isn't that not the desensitization um, notion? Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess I, so. you, or, I mean, I, maybe it just doesn't really feel really real. <laughs> Which would explain why something happening in Boston would be different. Feel very real, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But then I'm going to take issue based on um see we had a great design after all. Mm-hmm. Uh based on our discussion on this first essay of right of you know this idea of the of the can and just because we you know could do something if we definitely wouldn't then can we really have done it? Like if if could could you say you were capable of it, for example, if you actually yeah. never exercised that, or actually would never have exercised that, and right. really had a zero percent probability of exercising that? Right. I, I, well, I, I, maybe yeah. I don't have the psychological capacity to do it. Maybe right. I have the physical capacity, not the. I don't know. You know, there's something there. I think. But let, let's say that that whatever tools, whatever propensities are hardwired into our brains. That's right. And I like I think I think his his little thesis here is kind of like self-proving if it's proving if it's provable at all because right. like well, evolution is a thing and we're here. Right. And that was probably a thing that we had to do to get here. So we probably did it and we probably needed to do it. It was probably selected for. Right. So I get that. That's that's I get fine. that. That's fine. Yep. But I, I still think, I mean, you watch a cop show or something, mm-hmm. and it's not way off base just to, you know, the the shows will always have a, a curveball or something. But I, I think in real life, there's a murder. It's somebody who had skin in the game in some way. 
Like that's, that's right. why motive right. is a is a big piece of the puzzle. Exactly right. There's all there's an explanation. It makes it's somebody got pushed. Maybe people have a. Maybe some people don't have to be pushed as far as others. Right. But like some people are just never going to be pushed like that. Also correct. And they're I don't know that. I don't know. I think we've we've taken the guns out of our own hands to a certain point. I mean, sure. the, the the things that he identifies as reasons why we would have killed before, maybe just aren't reasons to kill now. Even even in the worst case scenarios, you know, we just don't we don't tend to get attacked. Uh, defending oneself against injury or death, right. Eliminating an antagonist, like these are just not like we don't do this. We don't. There may be parts of the world in which there is still a lot of danger. I yeah uh, yeah. I'm not trying to dis. All right, but is it is there something there in terms of we've we've set things up ourselves now in in such a way that we wouldn't cross that line just because. We don't want to go to jail, and we probably would. Right. Or um, there's a cost. Like, take civilization out of the equation completely. Your family is threatened by someone who has the ability to to harm actually cause harm. Right. Your choice is pretty simple. Like, if it's if it's something you need to do, then you need you, to try to do it. If not, right. you know. You try to there, avoid it. There, yeah. there are fewer considerations. That's right. Whereas now we have something to lose, even if even even in those circumstances, um, I, I don't know if I want to play a spoiler or something. But here's a girl with the dragon tattoo spoiler. So okay, feel free to skip ahead if you have not seen that movie, which I would recommend. But to see, have to you, see it. Not, have you seen no. this movie? I've seen this movie. Yes. Okay. Well, you know when um, uh, what's his name leaves the house. Sure. And he's trying to scurry away, and then yep. Stellan Skarsgård is like, "Oh yeah, come back in." And then he explains later, he's like, "You were more, you knew there was danger, exactly, but you right. were more afraid of being impolite." I remember that line. Yeah. Like maybe that's not a, uh, maybe that's not an issue back when our brains are being, you know, components of our brains are being selected for. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you um, kill a bunch of people just to protect your family now, you wouldn't be willing to live with the consequences of that. Like you just wouldn't be want to be branded by everyone that's with you. That's right. As a as a killer or something, the price is too high. Yes, I agree. Well, in many cases, that's probably exactly why. There's probably some cost benefit, I guess, to that, and many of us just don't even have that thought. So I think that it, in many cases, I think that probably explains why there's comparatively little of these very atrocious acts, right? Yeah. But I, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what he's trying to say here in terms of... It's like, oh yes, just because it's not part of our daily lives doesn't mean that the capacity is not there. Mm-hmm. But if it's not actually happening so much, or as much, you know, is it... Is it really there? Is this really a a point? I you know I don't know. 
I think that's right, except that I think that the it raises all these different issues of like culture and stuff that even he gets at, right? Is it like or what you had said, right? Is it that these situations don't present themselves to us so we even have to worry about making these gruesome decisions, right? Yeah. Is is you know, is it like an environmental issue? Yeah. So yeah, I mean if that's if that's true, if it's like if if the downturn on like a percentage basis right. of killings is because of a change of an of environment. That's right. Then his his premise is kind of like correct. Like this is our natural state. Our brains are still designed this way. Mm-hmm. And if the environment changes, you know, you got to account for the fact that that's still there. Right. Um, you know, he'd be right. But if there's something that has like really just changed about the world mm-hmm. and about the things that we just tend to value or like necessarily value then I don't know that it's ever going to be there the same way that it used to be. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know if I'm... Well, I mean, well, I mean no, no, but isn't that kind of like the the end of civilization argument, too? Um, like the argument like that, the like... the end of evolution, you mean? Or, well, no, there's like an argument in... Um, what's called political science, you know, uh... It's a Fukuyama, right? Who said the, the end of civilization, like, we've come to a place where we're not, you know, like, we've, the end of history, maybe, is the word that they use? Whatever. So that the, we've come to a place, I'm, I'm not going to summarize the argument, but it reminds me of the notion of, like, we've come to a place where maybe we've, we're past all the stuff that you're mentioning that was a, you know, the, the types of conflicts that were a major part of our lives. But I'm not, I'm not sure whether we can speak to everybody in the world, because there are certainly plenty of conflicts that seem to warrant people doing things like murder yeah to defend themselves mm. just maybe we don't have to do that in our environments here is there um is there a reason it, it might be different now everywhere in every part of the world just because the the stakes are kind of higher like it's i think our our body is fare really well in terms of like hand-to-hand comment uh combat and like sure, blood sure. bludgeoning mm-hmm. like our bones are just strong enough to handle that stuff that's right you know our mm-hmm. skin doesn't mm-hmm. break that's right you know based on that right bruising is a pretty like efficient healing process that's right you know all all of those things but then you get one step further and now you can like uh pierce with weapons and like our bodies are not built for that yeah, that's not something that was selected for. At any that's point. really interesting idea. Because I... once we're once we're past once we're past that point of being on the brink of survival, mm-hmm. none of this like matters anymore. It doesn't matter that we're in terms of the human race surviving. Right. It doesn't matter that we. It's you can now kill someone with a knife like fairly easily. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. Like our. It's not like our bodies are going to change now because of that. Like generations from now, we will develop a a knife. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, th- um, I do know exactly what you're trying to say, and I was trying to figure out just that last notion you had said about the idea about like whether or not we would evolve essentially bodies with weapons. Uh, yeah, I. Uh... And that's going in one too many directions there, I think. 
yeah, that, that's that's tough though. But yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know. But I think the stakes are higher. That's all. It's it is easier to kill people now, I guess. Right. I mean, from like uh, a physical, you know, capability standpoint, because we have tools that are much more efficient at doing it. Yes, of course. In fact, isn't that the guns germ steel argument? That's the guns part. Hmm. Oh, that's a good thing we should do. Yeah, I think that would be nice for air. Um, it could make for uh, for better air, maybe. for better air, for de- <laughs> more rarefied air. Yes, yes. There was a lot of air on this episode. <laughs> yeah, we could do we could do rare meat at the same time. Ooh, yeah. Can we do like something gamey? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I was uh, I was thinking earlier in this episode while we were recording. Mm-hmm. I was just telling you that if I were ever on a plane with you... Yes. I don't... And and even not knowing who else would be on the plane... Yes. You are the last person I would eat. Thank you. I'm just telling you. Well, it's not really a compliment. I just think that you would be hard to eat. <laughs> not even psychologically. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what to make of that, Ryan. Yeah. It, 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 it certainly makes me think that maybe you do have the capacity for evil. And yet I have not, well, well, the whole point is I wouldn't eat you, I guess. Exactly, except in that environment where you were forced to, in which point you did have the capacity to do that. But in some sense, that would be a question of, is it even evil at that point? But, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how many of these things just turn into semantics. So true, eh? But, and I don't, I'm not sure that I love the semantic stuff. Yeah. That's not that fun. But... Fair, fair enough. So but you bring pa- up something that is kind of fun. Which is? If you were on a crash plane... Yep. Um, in, let's call it... Someplace remote. Okay. Like, so remote that help would be days away. Like, Vermont or something. <laughs> um, that was a joke, I see. Yeah. Okay. It's nice when we have to verify that. <laughs> Things are going well. <laughs> Well, um, this is an ace of an episode, so let's yeah. go. All right. Well, your choice is yeah. eat someone or die. And mm. the death is not even like, all right, I'm just going to choose to die. The death is like, I'm going to die agonizingly slowly over several days. Could you do it? Would um, you do it? Could you do it? I'm not sure whether I feel even comfortable speculating. Well, uh, roll. I, um, the calculus would be difficult. I, I I won't say my exact answer. I'll just say like my, my, my thought process is that it depends on what else I felt like I needed to live for. Oh, okay. Well, because, the, because let's, this is, yeah, mm-hmm. let's make it easier real quick. Mm-hmm. The other person, the person that you'd have to eat in order yep. to survive, that person's, <laughs> yes. that person's already dead. They just died. Oh God! So now it's not See, even a balancing test. It's just uh, it's just like a um. You need protein. A, di- and... a disgust threshold, I guess. Oh boy! Would you would you, you be have to eat it quickly? Disgusted because... and live, or would you be not disgusted and die? Man, these are the hard questions. Yeah, who would have thought this episode was going to come to this? But um, yeah, 
That we always had that capacity. It's true. I mean, I, um, I don't know, right? I hope I, this I, bothers you now for like months. Th- th- this is it does bother me. Uh, I'm bothered now. Uh, I'm all. Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless because I, I just don't feel comfortable saying what I would do in this situation. But um, oh, that makes it even better. <laughs> so you I'll, know, and you're just not saying. Well, I just have a feeling that many of us would would might might come to the same conclusion in that situation about what they had to do to even to, despite the disgusting nature of it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, because know. life life give it. And life taketh away. And, uh... <laughs> amen, amen, I say to you. Hear ye, hear ye. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what's well, up? Yeah, so... Good question, Rai. Should I kick it back to you, or should we, uh... Only if, um, you want me to talk about whether or not we're gonna use human for next week's episode. Oh, okay, well, no, I think we should probably just decide to talk about what next week's episode of Greedy is going to be and that that's not going to be uh, of, of the human variety. <laughs> yeah, it, it won't be. But it will be human food. How's that? Yes, food food, food fit for humans. Yeah. Uh, we have decided to use the ingredient um, uh, berries. Berries! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the answer to this question. It's like, no. It's like, oh, look. Hypothetical, you have two choices. Yes. Eat someone else or die. And that's this is the answer. This is the way out. Be like, nope, yep, I'm just going to change the hypo and forge for berries. Yes. There you go. And that's what we're going to forge for next week. Yeah. Berry we're sandwiches. We're really going to forge our way through here. Yes. Well, thanks, Ryan, for an episode that was... Uh... Full yeah. of provocative ideas. Yeah, I don't want to quite say train wreck, but um, yeah, I can't even do that well. Thanks. 